Welcome to the Band of Brothers podcast. The current series we are engaged in is entitled The Man's Guide to Spiritual Disciplines. We're being led by Milton Redeker, the men's coordinator, Renee Rivera, and Eric Reed, the men's minister and married young adult minister at Houston's First Baptist Church. We also want to let you know about the men's retreat coming up in October 2nd and 3rd at Camp Choye entitled Unleashed. We'll be led by Pastor Greg, Steve Knox, our college catalyst, and Eric Reed, the men's minister. We hope to see you there, and we hope that this podcast is a blessing to you. Have a great day. Absolutely. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your provision and your safety as we come here tonight. Thank you for the rain the past few days, Lord, to remind us that you're in control. God, we just ask that tonight be a beneficial time, Lord, as we study another discipline around you, Lord, another discipline that is uh, that is in, 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 in nested in law that's also nested in grace, God, and we love you. God, we lift up our sister, Joan Brunson, who is uh, ill and who's been diagnosed with West Nile virus. Lord, we just ask you to touch her and her family, John, and her and, and her and her children, Lord. We ask that you bring quick healing to her and return her to her job at Houston's First. Lord, we thank you again for who you are. Jesus Christ, let me pray. Amen. Eric? Amen. Well, we got the, uh, I think we've, we've covered creation. We've covered uh, the Word of God. We've covered uh, prayer. Am I missing one? I know I missed one week, so... Is that it? That's it. Yeah, this, this week we yeah, are... Introduction first, that's what... Yeah, yeah, and then this week we are actually going to look at a word that we don't really use a lot anymore, but it's, it's the word Sabbath, and really wanted to start with the whole idea of what, what is the Sabbath day, and then we're going to sort of unpack how that can be a spiritual discipline in our life. So, uh, what what is the Sabbath? Anybody want to take stabs at that? It is. No, that's exactly what it is. Two weeks ago. Yeah, he's still under thunder. Two weeks ago. And we're actually a study I'm going through. We're starting to read the book he recommended. He said, if you don't have time to read a book, read this book. It's called The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. And so we're actually going through that with several other families because I feel like I don't have time to read a book. Um, yeah, it means to cease activity or to rest is, is the word Sabbath. What that means, and it's interesting that we were talking about the Spanish Spanish days of the week, and uh, Saturday is Sabado. It's, it's, it's that same day is placed into their week in their language. And I wanted to sort of go through, well, what are we resting from? Like, if it's a day of rest, then then what are we resting from? Okay. Or what are we ceasing? What's that? Okay, that's from the previous days, from work and all that stuff. Yeah, so we're resting from work. And I don't understand what you mean by chaos. Oh, well, I was trying. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding, actually. It's, yeah, yeah, you are. Trying to find a... All right, so resting from work or chaos. The problems, the problems with work and other situations. Explain that a little bit. That's a different way of saying it. Um, well, the secular world as opposed to Christian things. 
spending time with God instead of exposed to the world system. Yeah. The world system. I said spending time with God. Yeah. So these are These are from, but what you're going to find out in Scripture, everything, there's a from and a to. And there is also a to. And and one of y'all mentioned, you mentioned that one was... was was with God. And and there's another phrase maybe used it earlier, Kevin, I don't know. Or have you been talking the whole time? Or John, maybe you did. It was sort of a, it wasn't a really a from statement, it was a to statement in there. But we would say that there's rest, right? There's physical rest in there. And I think that's, yeah, the Sabbath, it's, it's for resting. And obviously, I mean, how many of y'all work more than 40 hours a week? Okay. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, there, there was this idea, this sort of the 9 to 5 idea, and that, that's so long gone, it's ridiculous. And then if you're commuting, if you don't live near where you work, there is an additional 20 hours a week probably you're sitting on the road trying to get from point A to point B to then work your 50 hours or plus hours at work. And that's, generationally speaking, that is new. And I would say it, it definitely brings chaos and problems into our life. So Sabbath is for resting, for sure. It's for refueling. And refueling isn't the absence of all of this stuff. Refueling is actually somehow taking that and investing that into that time with God. And we're going to talk about some different ways of spending the Sabbath and find out from y'all what are things y'all try to do in a sense of a Sabbath, creating that Sabbath. And Milton is even going to look at sort of what the law says about the Sabbath in Scripture, both Old Testament, then also looking at the New Testament, seeing how can we live that out sort of in a, in a practical way. But the, the third thing is it's for remembrance. And I would circle that to say I think the Sabbath, if you, if you look at it, and you can turn in Exodus chapter 20, even at the wording of that command... Exodus chapter 20, 8 through 11, it says this. And, and what is this list called in Exodus 20? Ten Commandments? Yeah, it's the Ten Commandments. And we're going to look a little bit about what it means that this is actually in the Ten Commandments. What's chapter? It's uh, Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. And what's the very, very first word that's thrown into this whole text here? Remember. In other words, there's a sense that we will forget. (laughs) And how ironic it is that in the year 2009, with 24-hour days of Walmart and seven days a week of business, and Milton was sort of sharing this earlier today, just 
it's almost impossible to find a spot that you could sit and rest with a 24-hour news cycle, the internet churning out the latest, greatest information that's flowing. I'm getting phone calls, emails, text messages all day. Even in the nighttime, I miss emails at night. People are up late, they're on Facebook. They send you a message at 1 in the morning on Facebook. And sorry. Hey, listen, I appreciate it though. It's encouragement. It's encouragement. So here it says, remember the Sabbath day. And why should we remember it? To keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your manservant, your female servants, your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And it's somehow that but that's a command that's given, and we'll let Milton unpack that a little bit, but that, that we will forget that. We tend to be human doings and not human beings. We tend to define ourselves by our jobs and by our activity, and not, unfortunately, by what we've been called by God, His children, His Son. My value is in that before it's ever in a title that I have or something that I do. Um, Renee, you want to grab, bring up work because there's nothing greater than my boss says, Renee, take a day off. And it's usually, it's usually she can tell, I have a female boss, her name is Edie, short for Edith. And she's a, and she and she's really big into resting and rest. She lives near Hippie Hollow in Austin, and um, she's a fantastic lady. But she lets me, she lets us manage our time. And one of the things she does is she mandates for us to take rest. She never denies a vacation for us. She never says, "Hey, don't take a half day. Take it." She never denies that for us. And if you look at you look at Scripture, so I mean, if you look at first of all as a discipline, why should we honor the Sabbath as a spiritual discipline? Why should we honor? It? Why should I honor rest in my work? We're commanded. It's mandated. The body might need it. The body might need it. The body might need it. Okay, that's good. The body might need it. It needs it. No much about it, most likely. So what was that? I said it probably it needs it. No much about it. No much about it. Yeah, there's a there's an actual. Well, going back to what you're saying, the body needs it. But going back, it's been legalized by God. God's mandated. He's ordered it for us to rest. It's in the Ten Commandments as. As uh, as point as Eric there as as John pointed out, why does I call you John? I'll take as, it. As, <laughs> as Eric pointed out, it's in. But ironically, before that, it, it was before the Ten Commandments. God rested as an example to us. It is mandated by Him because He knew we find pleasure in work, even though it's cursed. It may not be cursed in the fact that we have weeds, but we may work in computers. We may work in finances. But we all have these issues. We can't find where that last dime goes. Okay, or where that or where that cost expenditure is. There's trouble in work. That is the curse of Eden, of the sin of Eden, not Eden, but the sin of Eden. But he has. We have to rest. He mandates it for us. Will you do me a favor? Will you look up? Someone look up first. Uh, Deuteronomy 5, 12 through fifteen, please. And uh, Exodus. Someone look up Exodus twenty three twelve. Not a sword drill here, but Exodus twenty three twelve. 
listening. And someone look up for me Matthew 25 through 34. And nod when you have Deuteronomy, whoever has it. Blake, will you, let it, will you read it for us, please? To 15, yes. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work to you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you so that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. It's it's a reminder. It's again, it's mandated for us to rest. It's it's a reiteration, the law of, of Moses. That we are legalized, legalized it. We are to rest. Not, nothing, nothing better than having a law that says, "Take some time off. Put down the pitchfork. Put it down. Or put down the computer mouse. Stop strangling that poor mouse." Who has Exodus twenty three twelve? The mask. You have it. Okay. It's out there. Please read it. It's twelve. Just twelve. Okay. One verse. Six days you shall do your work. And on the seventh day you shall rest, that thine, that thine ox and thine ass may rest, and the son of your uh, and, and, may, and the stranger may be uh, refreshed. Refreshed. There's refreshment and rest. I mean, that, 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 again, God is saying, take a break. And you remind us three times in the Old Testament, take a break. It's very important. What else can we do? What else? How, how else? Should, why should we want honor the Sabbath as a spiritual discipline? What are some other benefits? If I take a day off from work, what are some? How does that express to God? I'm obeying His command as a spiritual discipline. Shows him respect. That he's respect God. Excuse me. It shows that you respect God. Respect God. Go further with that. It shows that you're willing to obey him. Obey him? Okay. Willing to obey him. By taking a rest, let's take that for by resting and by obeying him, I believe in him, right? Yes. I trust that he will provide for me. Mm-hmm. And I do it out of obedience. Correct. As a father to a son, a son to a father, out of obedience. It expresses our trust in God's provision it expresses our trust there's no wrong answer I'm just saying this is, it, it expresses our trust in God's provision by resting we say we believe that God will take care of us it's kind of like it's the opposite of anxiety someone will read Matthew uh, 6.25-34 please can we have that Matthew 6.25-34 I've got it if no one else does. I've got it too so go for it boom there it is okay therefore I tell you do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither work nor spin... 
Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Anxiety and Sabbath rest are polar opposites. By taking the Sabbath, by resting, we rely on God for our provision. There's no anxiety. We, 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 it screams of trust in God. Eric and I were, were laughing about this earlier because on Sunday evening, I do not check my calendar for Monday. I never have. I, I've always been taught that Sabbath is a day of rest. I, 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 Monday's coming. I know that. I never check my calendar for, for Monday on, on the Sabbath. I don't touch work. I really don't. I, I have never had an issue with working on Sunday. Greg Mott's sermon, and this is not a reflection on Greg, that's not where I'm at on Sabbath. I totally am I, I'm totally at rest on Sabbath. And it's one of the things that I do. I shut it down. I shut it down on a daily basis at 6 p.m. I mean, it's, it's cut down. Did, did everyone hear his message on Sabbath? No, I heard it. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, I was going to say the section you're talking about. Yeah. yeah so. you know, if, you, if you didn't hear it, I don't know, Bill, did you hear it? Okay. If you didn't hear it, maybe maybe unpack a little bit. It was it was basically, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, please Because yeah. it hit me square in the jaw. I mean, I, <laughs> I was raised where you don't get it done, you stay up until you get it done. Right. You always get it done. There's no excuse not to get it done. You just work, 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 work. And here I am, 42, and now I'm in, quote, ministry, and I still have that same mentality. And so there is, when you're dealing with needs of right. people right. that are real deep needs, there's no getting it done. So therefore, you can stay awake all night long, and uh, it can just wear you out. And, and so when Greg talked about, you need to force yourself to make rest, take rest. You're working seven days and can't unplug from your job because it can't happen without you, then you need to look at the balance of your life. And so that that hit me. So I called up Renee and told him, I said, man, I just got like, I heard the sermon three times in one day, which is highly rare. And it just kicked me. I mean, just I was like, okay, God, I, I got it. I actually heard it in person. You were, in, you were in person three times. Three times. Yes. Yeah. Every service. I'm never in every service. <laughs> but there was ordination that day, so I prayed over at the 9.30 and at the 6.30 service. And then at 11 is when my family's there, so I was sitting with my family. And so I I got it, you know. So I called up Renee, and I was like, man, I just got power-driven by Pastor Greg's message on rest. And and he, was, you know, he, he emailed me back, like, the next day. He said... I didn't. I, I don't have any problems with that. I know how to rest. And so that, that that's setting... That, that, yeah. That's, okay, does that clarify a little bit? So there, okay, so I apologize. That, 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 yeah, that, we, I, I was taught that there is a time and a place for everything. 
And one of the things that I was taught was that the Sabbath is to be honored in rest. But I didn't really understand what rest was because I grew up in a family where my grandpa was a pastor. We were always in ministry. We were at church every day. I mean, we were there when they clo- opened it. We were there to open it and close it. So I didn't. I thought the Sabbath was was a work day for a long time. But I never understood rest until my my personal my personally I, I found out that what I do is work is not me. That doesn't define me. My walk with Christ defines me. And in that studying Christ and the fact that He took solitude, that He the Sabbath, and we'll go through the history of that in a second, ceremonial law and all that. But the truth of the matter is to find that He actually had to rest as well too and find solace. And I do that. I shut down. The work does not define me. And so, um, and at, at times, if you find yourself anxious about Monday and on Sunday nights, having to find out what, what you're doing the following day, even though you've done it for the same every Monday, ever comes every time. You know, you may want to consider how seriously you're resting. And it's a challenge, not, not a rebuke, but a challenge on saying, "Hey, how, how much am I really allowing God to provide and provide for me, and how much do I trust in this?" Uh, and, and that's that's basically where I, I, I want I want to stop right there. Because we want to talk about living up the commitment of the Sabbath. And I'm going to let Milton take over here at this point with some history. All right. Do you know that the first day of the week is only mentioned eight times in the New Testament? But it talks an awful lot in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament about the Sabbath. Only until after Jesus' death and burial and resurrection did we come up with the term Sunday. Sabbath has always been, still is in the Bible. And uh, I have a quote here from a guy named John Mueller who wrote the book Sabbath or Sunday. Listen to what he says. Many well-meaning Christians view Sunday observance as the hour of worship rather than as the holy day of the Lord. Having fulfilled their worship obligations, many will in good conscience spend the rest of their Sunday time engaged either in making money or seeking pleasure. Duh. That's where we are today, isn't it? Hang on, that is a good question. How do we view our Sundays? How do we view our Sundays? How do we view our Sundays? Church? 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 Family? Family? Eating together, fellowship, the football is mowing the grass. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's changed the oil, mow the grass. Seriously. I mean, I'm going back to the comment about John Mueller, where he's talking about work and making money, but it may not be about making money anymore. It'll be catching up with chores. Um, Sunday's also looked at as a fun day or family day. Well, I work six days, so Sunday's my time. Sunday's our time. It's not true. Listen to what Dwight L. Moody says about the Sabbath. The Sabbath was binding in Eden, and it has been in force ever since. The fourth commandment begins with the word remember, showing that the Sabbath already existed when God wrote the law on the tablets of stone in Sinai. How can men claim that this one commandment has been done away with when they will admit that the other nine are still in force. Good idea, huh? Well, there's three kinds of law that we talk about when we're thinking of the Sabbath. The first one deals with ritual, and that is what we call ceremonial law. And when I saw this, I thought, 
all these tribes that really have never heard the word of God, they've got their rituals that they go through with with children, with getting married. Uh, we even call them traditions today. There are things that just we just do out of tradition, out of ritual, and that's not really worshiping God. And then there's something that also is called judicial law. Uh, all of us have broken the speed limit at one time or another, or ran a stop sign and got a ticket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't even drive, do you? You asked me to. Go faster, go faster. Judicial law is made up of rules and consequences governing our personal and our social behavior. But the last one deals with the moral law, and that's what the Sabbath is all about, the moral law of God. There's consequences. When you break the moral law of God, you suffer the consequences. Not right then, perhaps, but maybe later than you sow, more than you sow kind of thing. The moral law is made up of injunctions that have always have been and never changed. The God's moral law. And that's what the Sabbath is all about. He said, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And when you drive through Houston, you don't see much of that. The highways are still stuffed with traffic on Sundays. And we see people out doing all kinds of things on Sunday. Well, where did the word Sunday come from? That's another whole story. The Sabbath is what we want to remember, and that's what we're talking about here tonight. The Sabbath. Sunday is really a pagan day when it comes to the name. Those names, where did Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday come from? That all came after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And that's another whole story. The thing I want you to remember, though, the moral law of God supersedes ceremonial law, supersedes traditional law, judicial law. The moral law of God is the one that we really ought to obey And how do you know the moral law of God? (coughs) By reading His Word. There was a discussion in our vehicle coming back from Cho Yeh camp today about, and it really deals with the moral law of God. Where do you begin learning about the moral law of God? You don't learn it from me telling you. You don't learn it from Eric telling you or anybody else telling you. You learn the moral law of God not even from Greg Mott. You learn the moral law of God from your personal walk with the Lord. John Maxwell has a quote that I love. He says, Walk, your walk talks, and your talk talks. But your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Did you get that? Yes. Yeah. I followed it, man. I was like, yeah. around there. Like, yeah. yeah. We used to say your actions speak louder than your words. That's what that's all about. So the moral law of God, you have to learn on your own. And by breaking the laws of God, we learn through consequences. Kevin? I'm just sitting here wondering, you know, in a practical sense. So you have a family, father, mother, father, children. I mean, what, what would a, a Sabbath consist of with respect to their activities uh, to be in compliance with the biblical concept of, I mean, would they be allowed to eat together? To, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it seems to me a lot of, a lot of the, um, you know, just the, the plain everyday activities of life, eating, talking, conversing, you know, 
back, whatever a family does, go out in the backyard, whatever, mm-hmm. garden. I mean, what what things actually would be approved of? I mean, what? I grew up with a, a big family. My mother was one of ten children, and fortunately, they all stayed around where they grew up. One of our rituals and traditions every Sunday after church, we all went to the same church, but after church we went to grandma's, my mother's family. And everybody brought food, and we spent the whole day laughing and talking. The whole day. But that was a ritual and tradition. I mean, isn't that recreation? I mean, wouldn't that be on the same platform as going to a baseball game or, you know, if you went... Some people would look at it that way. No, I'm just trying to think what would be in strict compliance. Because I remember, again, I, everything I have is based on Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And they say things like, no servile work. That's how they put it. So that means I can't bang a nail or... Again, and I, I think they, what they mean is work and it's earning a living. But to be in some kind of strict compliance, I remember they used to talk about the Puritans. These guys would go to church like six times a day. They go home to eat, then they go to this church, that, or whatever, and they actually spent the day in prayer and reflection. And you know, as a matter of fact, that's what I was told. That one of the differences between us today and our forefathers, mm-hmm. they spent a great deal of time examining their motives at the end of the day, whereas we just kind of knee-jerk stuff and, you know, we react. We it's back to what Mueller was saying. We, we've narrowed the Sabbath down to the worship time on Sunday. One hour. We've narrowed it down. And what, what we've done is watered down the Sabbath. How do we get back to that? Well, they, I think there are, two, there are two important, maybe, nuances to put out there. And one is... <coughs> If you took the pole of, of legalism on one side, which is rigid adherence to a set of code of conduct, on the other side, sort of this idea of license, I can do whatever I want to do, I'm totally free, you can't talk to me about what I'm doing, I won't talk to you, sort of almost a libertarianism of, of that side. In the middle is a, is a very healthy place to be, in Christ. He hit the middle on this one. You know, there's a guy that the Pharisees were very legalistic. And they created an entire code of conduct that you can't mix water and dirt because that makes mud and that's work. So Jesus, when he's healing a blind man, he takes some dirt and he takes some saliva and he spits into it and he makes it into mud and he wipes it on their eyes and he does it right in front of the Pharisees. Those guys' veins pop out of their neck. You know, he's he's legalistically violating the Sabbath. But his point was, number one is, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Number two, the Sabbath isn't to make you a slave to it. It's actually to be a benefit to your life. So, what is our greatest rest? Well, Jesus said... And I don't want to jump in there, but Jesus said, Come to me if you're worn out from life, and I will give you rest. Jesus is our Sabbath. He is our rest. 
Sunday's a work day for Pastor Greg. He'd be lying to tell you otherwise. Sunday's a work day for me. I'd be lying to tell you otherwise. Does that mean I'm going to hell? Does that mean I don't honor God? Does that mean Greg is this backslidden heathen? But what it is is to say, I think there's a Latin expression that was used in the early church. And I'll put it up here. Parts pro toto. Part for the whole. And that tithing... Tithing was an expression of, I give the Lord a part of what I have, because symbolically it's true that all that I have is His, so I tithe to remind myself that I trust Him to give me all that I need. The passage in Matthew 6 said, Seek first the kingdom and He'll give you everything you need. Sabbath day was a pars pro toto. Literally, every day is God's day. Every second is God's second. Every breath is God's breath. But we symbolically give Him one day. And I don't believe that day is magic. I don't believe... I really don't. In our in our culture today, I'm like, okay, I work on that day. I work on Sunday. So somewhere Friday or Saturday, I need to find a way to end that day, realize, relax a little bit, show my kids that I trust God enough to be with them, to spend a little bit more time reading this than the Drudge Report, or reading this than the newspaper, spend a little bit more time praying to God and connecting with Him and with my wife and with my kids than I do connecting with men that I've never really met before that called me up and said, hey, can I get a meal with you? Can we talk about something? Not to devalue that time. I value that. In fact, if you say, what's my favorite thing about my job? It's getting to, to hear men's story, support them in that, pray for them in that, and see them grow through that. That's my favorite deal about what I do. I mean, it is. It's, it's not preparing lessons or teaching or driving to Choye, but it was a blast getting to go on a road trip this morning to check out the retreat. But I'm, I'm trying to share, there's, there's a balance here, and I think I, I would affirm what Milton said, but I would say I'd be very cautious if we err on this side or this side, grace, grace is the balance point. And I err on the side of grace quickly because I recognize I could try to keep this all day long Scripture says if I try to keep it and I make that my God and I don't keep it, I'm guilty of everything. But if I am merciful and gracious and I rest in who God is and I work on just loving Him well, it covers everything. He covers everything. But this is dangerous because it's prideful. It puts anxiety in our heart. This is dangerous Because I'm like, oh, I can kill someone. Who cares? I'll sleep around. I don't care. There's no duty, honor, nobility. There's no love of God here. We're actually turning our face on God here. But in the middle, this idea of grace is you getting on your knees to say, God, I know I need a Sabbath rest. You command me to have it. Just as I wouldn't run out and get a gun and murder someone today, you put it in the same chapter. My heart is I want to honor that. I want to honor you. And I know you bless me in that. There were studies done. They, they studied pack, pack animals in France. Was it in France? Yeah, England. England. 
And the donkeys, the pack animals, that they didn't rest, they worked them seven days a week, could only travel 15 miles a day. Okay, So you lost one day, you would think that they, well, we can't lose one day because 15 days times seven, you know, well, what is that? That's like, you know, it's 105 miles a week is what they could carry stuff. They found out that when they rested them just one day, their mileage, doubled day. their mileage doubled to 30 miles a day, giving them one day of rest a week so that they actually went 180 miles of carrying duty as opposed to 105 miles, but they actually had a day off. And they, that began to make them think, and it's God's commands are not to punish us or keep us from joy. It's to give us, according to John 10.10, 10, says, I have come that you may have life and have it fully, abundantly. So I believe that, that when I rest in Sabbath, that means I go to Christ and I ask Him, show me what that really means. He's not going to show me this. He's going to show me this, balance. Am I spending more time in prayer and in His Word and connecting with those around me? Loving them, helping them, serving them? Am I resting and trusting He's going to provide Monday through Friday or Tuesday through Saturday or Wednesday through Sunday? Whatever your work cycle is, am I trusting Him? And if I'm not, there's no Sabbath rest. If I am, there's a great rest. And there'll be a great benefit too. Um, I might have just jumped no, way ahead no, here. No, 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 you're, you're fine. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about. I think, but, I think one of the things I would ask you, Kevin, or anyone in the room, what is rest to you? Yeah, that's a what, great what question. Rest? Actually, um, I help out on, on recording the CDs during the 9th, 10th service. I don't really consider that work. It's a volunteer, and I enjoy doing it. Uh-huh. And I know I'm doing it for the Lord and to help other people to you know, the service later on. Right. And I don't really consider that work. I consider it fun for me. So conversely, I was service director, and I shared this with Eric. I was service director for all three services for a year in our in our in our, uh, our church services. I handled every facet of of the uh, service. Every cue, Pastor Greg coming out, every light cue went through me. It was exhausting volunteer work on Sunday. Hey, rest. So, um, did you even hear the sermon? Uh, not, until, not until the third, the third term, not until Sunday evening. So honoring, you know, for me that was not rest. I rested on Saturday. I worked on Sunday, but because of Saturday having Sunday having to face Monday morning, I had to step down. It was not restful for me. I was not resting. I wasn't worshiping. I wasn't going to church. And it, it's, it, I kept my commitment for a year. That's what I was committed to. I kept my word. But you're a volunteer. I'm a volunteer. But I, I had a little bit conversely for that. I, had, I, I was I was physically worn out from that from that role. So I, I, I guess going back to the question I had earlier, what is rest, Kevin? What's a restful day for you? Well, I mean, you said you were physically. I mean, to me, yeah. I think maybe you were more emotionally emotionally worn out. I mean, yes. I mean, you know, I run, I'm a runner, I take a day of rest. Right. You know, so my knees feel all right. Yeah. But bottom line is that's physical. To me, what's rest? Rest to me is realizing in retrospect, I stopped worrying about all the little thing. I had some moment of peace. You know, I stopped worrying about all the things that eat at me. 
that, that are unique to me. Right. And and I do, I'll tell you, I find that in church. I come to church and I find, hey, an hour passed, and I haven't thought of all the junk that, you know, all the, the, the uh, diseased outpourings or whatever. Kevin, yeah, they call it a sanctuary for a reason. Yeah, yeah. They call it a safe place for a reason. And, and you are resting in that when you come here. Uh, I mean, so, honestly, and just being transparent here, I veg out on the couch on Sundays after I church. As, as and I was laughing with Eric earlier on this, I mean, several people were saying, church is not restful if you have two kids under the age of five trying to get ready for church on Sunday morning. It's not restful. I had one lady, because I was getting prepared for this, she said, I do more cursing on Sunday morning. <laughs> she was laughing, but she was like, I do more cursing on Sunday morning because we're trying to bear. But it's not restful. And, I, and, we, and we laugh about that. But in reality, you know, we're trying to meet some form of, of you know, but the grace of God in being able to rest. And hopefully, you know, she, there are moments where we can go, Mindless for me. For me, it's not the internet, not getting on the internet. For me, it's just vegging out with the family. We might go to dinner that night. We might get away. We might not let the wife cook. We might cook instead. Um, it's just a time, and I would say, for everyone to find my family can come together or break apart in the house, but we stay home. We don't mow the lawn. We don't. I mean, we feed the dogs, but. I mean, we, we rest, maybe take a walk, and that is rest for us, being together. I don't know, I, that's my, that's me sharing what I do on Sunday, and I love NFL football. So, just that's, what, what, what would rest be, like, for you? Uh, for me, I mean, I'm usually pretty active, so rest for me, I would still include, like, going to the gym or playing golf or golf or something like that. For me, that's relaxing, and that's you know, rest, you know? In an office, you know, five days a week. Wow. I think I'm more physically exhausted from that. But if I, you know, if I go play golf one day, if I go play golf and do something I want to do that's physically you know, active, like I feel a lot better. And I feel rested after that's over. Then you know, I just took around. But any day, you know, if I'm playing golf or running or something like that, it really takes your mind off of work and, and stuff like that. So I think that's you know, helps the body balance. What about you? Just taking off the computer. <laughs> <laughs> you write code yeah, and all yeah. the other stuff. So yeah, and, I, and working at home as I do now, it's real tempting to just you know you get an idea or something, and then sometimes it's hard to turn that stuff off. And, but I really try to do that on Sundays. You know, got to church, Bible study, all that stuff.
love what I do. And mainly it's the benefits. It's being able to meet with people. Different challenges. I have a 24-hour job. I, I get calls from China at 3 a.m. in the morning. Call them 4, 4 a.m. You know, it's just constant. But I love what I do. But I can disconnect like nobody's business. I hate mail on my head. I really do. I really hate the mail on my head. Um, I mean, it's, 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 and may I, may I even go one step further, further, the process of seeking the Sabbath is setting the day apart as holy. It's a process called, it's, it's, it's sanctification. It's keeping it holy. And we can pursue that on a daily basis. Pursuing God through prayer, pursuing God in a Sabbath morning, seeking Him first, it can be the first thing you do or the last thing you do. And I say that in a, in a sense of rest. Shutting down and saying, God, I'm going to find rest in you. It's Matthew 11. Is it Matthew 11? Uh, what's the verse where, come to me, you, you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, I think um, it's Matthew 11. Matthew 11. Uh, I'd like you get the computer deal on your thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, here. Uh, it's Matthew 11. Uh, no, I'm sorry. You know, they have the box of English. Wow. I think it's in Matthew eleven twenty eight where it says that coming to me, come to God for rest. And, I, and, and, and Eric said it earlier, Christ is rest. Christ is rest. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so I say you can you can pursue it every day. Yes, it is. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight. Can you read it for us, please? Sure. <laughs> come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And what kind of rest is he talking about? From heavy labor. Heavy labor? From concerns of the day, the anxiety? Remember, anxiety is opposite of Sabbath. It's the total opposite. Not to worry. So let me share something with you real quick. I joked with Eric about that I don't have an issue with Sabbath. That I, that I can shut down. But let me tell you where my challenge is, and I'll be transparent here. It's seeking God on a daily basis. It's easy to do one day out of the week to shut down. But for me, it's seeking God daily in prayer, resting and knowing He's provided for me on a daily basis. That's my challenge. Because when Monday comes, Renee's full forward. Fast forward. And, and Renee doesn't stop until Friday, 5 p.m. Today, as I've grown and knowing that my job is not who I am, Renee is seeking God. I'm third person, right? I'm seeking God every day. And I shut down. This may, this don't alienate anybody. I shut down Friday at noon. I have to. It's just nuts. Everyone else is. But it's something that I have strived and I've done in my work life that I have to do to maintain sanity and that I don't take it out of my family because I am a fair when it comes to lack of rest and seeking God. But I have found that my challenge is on a daily basis seeking God. Now, I just want to be transparent with you on that. Eric? There's a phrase in that that verse that that even speaks to this. It said, um, verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me 
for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and here's the phrase, and you will find rest for your souls. Mm-hmm. Not your body. Although that's what, I, I, I'm tired right now because I did a retreat this past weekend, <laughs> nobody slept, I had to prepare for it, so I had late nights leading up to it, I got paid for it, so I can't say, oh, well, that I get compensation time for that, I don't. I got two days off for the rest of the year, and that's Christmas time. You know, it's like I'm going to take that around Christmas, and that'll string Christmas Eve out. You know, we get some days there for the holiday and try to make it into the New Year type of feel for the family because kids are out of school. Um, but this is rest for your in Christ's souls. So I, I think somewhere Sabbath. You know, and I used to run. I had a back injury six years ago, and I don't get to run anymore. That was my first love in my life. I coached cross country, I coached track, I, I ran, I competed in you know high school and college, and um, running was and still is my first love. And there's a very primal deal about running and lifting and wrestling. I mean, wrestling is another thing I did and coached, and um, those those things for me, were deeply spiritual. That, that even how I breathed when I was running, I, that was a lot of time for me talking to God about everything going on in my life and just presenting it to Him and doing it in a way that was also physically stimulating for me and physically good for me. And when I was done, it was like, physically I was totally relaxed. All my anxiety, spiritually, I was connected to God. If there was a, that's it was even how I dealt with like breakups with girls, issues like that. I mean, I remember in college, my freshman year, it was like April, and my girlfriend back home and sort of hit it off. She was a senior, I was a year ahead of her, and she was on the tennis team in high school. And I, I noticed when I called, she would be out. She was playing tennis with this other guy, having to be the captain of the tennis team at the high school, another senior guy. And I sort of finally put the pieces together like in April when I was like, hey, well, I want to come home this weekend. And she was like, well, yeah, I'm really busy. I just remember just all the pieces just crystallized together. And I was like, well, I won't say what I said. But anyway, you know, no, man, I can't. But you know what I said. I mean, just, what would you say? But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, well, the bottom line is I hopped on my bike, and, and that was about 10 o'clock at night, and I got off my bike at 6 a.m. in the morning. I biked all night long. Didn't have a water bottle with me, nothing. And I just remember the whole time, I mean, it, it began with like a blind rage. And anyone, I mean, it was just crazy. But, but at the end of it, it, there was this real, when I got off that bike, I was done with her. I was done with it. It was all in God's hands. And I had rest in my soul. I had a Sabbath. That Sabbath came right there. And now when God sort of took that, the way I handled all that, when He has taken that away from me, and I keep praying for that to be restored over the last six years, I'm trying to figure out what He's trying to teach me, because that is my best and historically only (laughs) coping mechanism for a lot of those high-stress areas of life. And... uh, and so for me, I'm having to rediscover how do I connect with God when I'm anxious about stuff? Because praying alone doesn't get it for me. Something I, I need something physical, you know, and walking just isn't 
rigorous enough. It's not primal enough. You know, there's something about the, the beating of your heart, the rhythm of your hooves, the sound of the exhale and the inhale. The of your hooves, you say. Oh, yeah. It's like you're an animal. You know, it's primal, dude. Before we drove around in cars, it was how we either got away from animals or we caught animals. Well, Fred Flintstone taught us that. It's on feet. Fred Flintstone. Oh, Besides it, they chase the animal until it wears out and collapses. It can no longer run. Mm-hmm. It's still going. Yeah. Wow. So, anyhow, I don't know where in the world that's going, dude. I'm sorry about that. But um, all that to say, I'm with you on the, the, the rest. I was just saying, is there a way to connect the spiritual into that physical on the Sabbath? Well, they are. I, I, think, I think we have a tendency to do that. I and mean, they are. You hear about... Camping, hiking, going out, it's a physical thing, getting alone in solitude with God. Uh, simply as running, uh, getting alone, uh, being on a bike is very, very solitary. If that's rest and the physical aspect of it, it can be the paint. It can also be as solitary as vegging out with a good book um, on your couch or enjoying a, a, a game of a board game with your kids. That's rest. That's something breaking away. Or a nice long drive with someone, an escape to Cho Ye. It was, it was restful. It was fun. It was something. See, the paintball course was also pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So let's pull it back here. I'm going to close it, close it down. Um, any thoughts before we go on about Sabbath? Any thoughts from y'all? I think we kind of talked to, I think we, we, think we hit every point. I happen to hear a, a radio show this week by that June She had a, a Jewish man on there. And he was talking about the Jewish um, rituals and things, and, and was telling about in their observance of the Sabbath that they weren't even allowed to like, turn on light switches. There's this famous elevator in somewhere in Israel that's a Jewish elevator that's programmed to stop on every floor so that they don't have to push the button. On Sunday, on, on Saturday, the Sabbath. Yeah. Or Saturday, yeah, yeah, for them, Saturday. And she was telling about that Elvis Presley and Colin Powell both made money when they were kids. There's a term for it, I don't remember what it was, but his Jewish family would hire a, a non-Jew to be in the house to turn on the lights and stuff like that so they could have to break the Sabbath and do it. That's how they know it's going to do it. New York. That's over the top. Well, that's... Again, right here. There's a fair, there was an expression the Pharisees used, and it was they built a fence around the Torah. The Torah being sort of the Ten Commandments, the major moral law of God, and to be sure no one broke it, they put a fence around the perimeter of that, so they went to the nth degree to define, you know, you can't do this on the Sabbath, you can't make mud, you can't flick a light switch, obviously that wasn't biblical at the time, but you know, and so their hope was in putting those out there, that if you broke one of those, you still didn't work. You didn't break. You didn't. You still on the Sabbath. But what happened was that legalism always does this. It makes those items more important than connecting with God. So you're so worried about it. So my, like legalistic driving. If I'm staring at my speedometer, I'm probably going to be an unsafe driver in Houston. 
I don't care what speed I'm driving. I'm looking around, and I'll find the appropriate speed to get the job done safely. And sometimes it maybe is over the speed limit, and sometimes it's way under the speed limit. But I'm just trying to keep everything in balance when I'm driving. So I'm not ripping by cars, nor are they ripping by me. I'm with them, sort of in that, getting the flow of that. And I sort of think the Sabbath is, you unplug a little bit, but if we get legalistic on it, we can't even figure out how to love God. Because all we got is a code of do's and don'ts, and there's no love in it at all. And I don't think that's our intent. There was a point in our young marriage, and I'll share this with you, and when Owen and I first got married, there was a point when we got convicted about eating out on Sundays, where we really thought, you know, we shouldn't be eating out on Sundays or shopping on Sundays because it creates a work day for someone. True story. And ironically, one of the authors that we're, we're, as we're studying had the same situation. But it was interesting in our, in our marriage as we were discovering where we are with God and how we were going to follow God. We would be more concerned about not eating out and not shopping that we slept in Sunday morning and go to church. We didn't honor God or remember God. And we forget the fact of remembrance. Do this in remembrance of me. That we miss the whole point of the rule the code of law, the rule of law, that we missed out on the whole purpose is remember. Take a break. Rest. Today, my wife and I still get cringes about going shopping and doing things on Sunday just because of, of, of the day it is. But it's out, of, it's out of grace. It's out of balance. It's out of license. It's not so much out of legalism anymore. It's, 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 it's the fact that we are giving our time honorably to remember God in, 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 in fellowship in church and Sunday school, and then going to, to public worship. I mean, yeah, public worship. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, we may go out and eat Sunday night. May not. We may go shopping on Sunday, but we're not bound by that law. It's the balance that gives us the freedom and the grace. Just amazing. So I just want to throw that out there because that's something that we dealt with. And then as the study materials are preparing, also the same thing that was going through in the book as well that we're, that we're working through. Yes? Also, at the time of Jesus, didn't Jesus say, um, um, which is better, to help someone during the Sabbath or, or to do good or to do evil? Mm. When he was healing this person, I think. Right. If I remember right. Yeah. Then he went and healed the person on the Sabbath. Right. So, Absolutely. I guess any time you, 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 you to do good on the Sabbath. To do good on that Sabbath. Right. That's not necessarily work. Right. That was really cool. yeah. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. John, will you close us in prayer? No, and then we'll go to the discussion questions. Thanks. Okay. joining us on this week's podcast. We would love to have you come in person. We meet Wednesday evenings from 6 to 7.30 at Houston's First Baptist Church. More information is on the web at houstonsfirst.org, houstonsfirst.org. Again, have a blessed day.